Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films podcast. This is Rahul Desai, a uh, film critic for Film Companion. Uh, we are back. I have with me Uday Bhatia, film critic for Mint, and Ishita Sengupta, uh, film critic for OTT Play. Uh, we gather again to discuss uh, the film as we promised that we would uh, last week. And uh, oddly enough, there's been some some sort of uh, there there have been a couple of people who tweeted to us saying they're looking forward to this podcast, which is great because that means more than five people listen to this podcast. Uh, and this is arguably one of the biggest Hindi films of the year. Um, it is also oddly enough one of the most critically acclaimed films so far, which I didn't see myself saying in context of Karan Johar. Um, <laughs> it, it's um, Tokyo Rani ki Prem Kahani, as Uday may have tweeted or any of us may have tweeted, you may have realized that we are all a bit surprised to be in this position. But it's a good surprise. We, uh, I think all three of us like the film uh, to different degrees, which we will discuss uh, soon. Uh, it is Karan Johar's eighth uh, feature film. It is his first since Aedil Hai Mushkil, which felt like ages ago, like seven years ago, I think. And yeah. uh, this stars Ranveer Singh and Alia Bhatt. Um, it is, um, it's been quite an interesting few days, uh, actually few weeks, because there was the entire Barbenheimer thing going on just like less than a week ago. And uh, there was, of course, Tom Cruise before that. And then, you know, it ended with a Bollywood bang with, uh, with uh, you know, probably one of the more enjoyable Bollywood films of the year. Um Uday, would you like to, uh, maybe a couple of lines before we start uh, fawning over the film? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll just go a little further than you and say that more than being surprised, I didn't think in this lifetime I would actually enjoy a Karan Johar film, uh, which, which I definitely have. And uh, against all odds, really, uh, for me, uh, personally, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are a lot of people who take a lot of pleasure in uh, Karan Johar film and I think they must have really really enjoyed this because to me also it was very enjoyable and um, I, I think just uh, it's it's been interesting uh, seeing the reactions coming in uh, where I, I don't remember um, any of his like films post the 2000s getting like unanimously uh, uh, good reviews uh so yeah a bit of an anomaly there uh but uh well done karan Johar, i guess uh so um, in its um, uh in in its most basic form this is a, a double love story as it were uh the uh, uh the younger ones are rocky and rani played by ranveer singh alia bhatt and uh, when uh, Ranveer's uh, grandfather, uh, uh, Rocky's grandfather, uh, Kaval, is played by Dharmendra, he starts uh, uh, uttering the name of, of a woman uh, named Jamini, whom nobody in his family knows. Uh, and he's been in a slightly, um, uh, I, I, I don't know how you describe it, but you know, not quite there. He's confined to a wheelchair. He's not really part of the day-to-day uh, of the family. He needs someone to feed him, etc. And suddenly he snaps out of that to start saying this woman's name. And uh, Rocky uh, tracks uh, this name back to uh, Rani, who's a news anchor. Uh, and uh, her grandmother apparently had uh, what we later learn was a, a, a small love story with Kaval uh, Jamni, who's played by Shabana Azmi. And the film kind of uses this older uh, love story uh, as a, a means to get Rocky and Rani together. And then the film goes uh, in another direction once Rocky and Rani get uh, serious and start deciding uh, what they might do uh, after marriage and whose house they would move into and it then becomes that becomes the film because they are from very very different families uh, rani's family is uh, posh stuck up uh, delhi uh, bengalis and uh, rocky's family is uh, uh, conservative uh, loud delhi punjabis and the twin does not meet uh, and um, so they have 
they come up with the absolutely bizarre solution, which uh, Ishita, would you like to tell us what the amazing solution thought up by the Punjabi, surprisingly, and endorsed by the Bengali, who's supposed to be like really smart. <laughs> and yeah, is writing the news off. to the public and she's like oh you're a genius for doing that would you like to tell uh, tell us what the solution is ah also the segue yeah, should be so... speaking of bengalis and karan johar <laughs> fanboys who've been watching his films over the last few weeks to prepare for this film ishita <laughs> rahul i will not forgive you for this okay so uh, basically the the brilliant plan as i said is that they decide to live with each other's families for 3 months to basically familiarize themselves and also get the family to warm up to them so rocky lives goes ahead and lives with rani's family and rani goes and lives with uh, at the randhava palace as they called it so yeah that is a solution which they come up with which of course doesn't work out as well uh, but um Simultaneously, you know, by the way, there is I I I don't I don't see why they couldn't have like each hosted the other person, uh, let alone like the the solution which I thought should have come first from Rani, which is that we will just get our own place. Uh, but uh, no, they have to stay with parents and they <laughs> have to do this sort of switch thing at the same time to maximize the kind of problems that can come up. But anyways. Yeah, I'm still a bit confused on who who eventually goes to whose house actually. But then fine, we'll talk about it later. Yes, Rahul, you were saying. Yeah, the solution is still less believable than the mustache and rabne banadi jodi. Uh, then you know, oh, sort of waiting. I don't know why people went after Abne if this if this nobody has a problem with. I'm sorry, <laughs> I like this film, but I'm still defending that film. I get a little emotional about that film because. uh also not a coincidence because a lot of what karan johar made in this film been derived from like aditya chopra who is very famously known as his mentor they both came up like aditya chopra obviously made it first and there's a lot of shades of a lot of aditya chopra movies in this film but uh, obviously that live in arrangement that uh, rani had very briefly mentioned when they were coming up with an idea to sort of pacify each other's families uh yeah i i love the fact that nobody's questioning that they just debunked that theory within 1.5 seconds and said you know let's just live with uh, um sort of each other's family without hosting each other really and i again because i like this film i'm justifying it as uh, basically karan johar mohpate except you know in that film aishwarya rai was living with uh, her boyfriend's parents shahrukh khan's parents in heaven and shahrukh khan wow. was living with her father <laughs> shahrukh khan was living with her father in gurukul so it's more or less the same plot like if you look deeper and intellectualize it so so yeah there, there are no problems at all with the logic of this film uh, i'm going to depend on you guys for like the the callbacks to uh, to uh, early karan johar and uh, that era of of aditya chopra because i haven't watched those films in forever and so uh, you guys should just interject whenever there's like a k3g or a mohabbate thing uh, i think rahul has written uh, at some length about it in his review also uh, and you should read that so uh, yeah uh, before we get into the whole family part of the thing um uh, let's just talk about the initial stretch of the movie where um, where rocky and rani are meeting each other and uh, it's a pretty fun film throughout but that initial stretch i think of half maybe 40 minutes or so that's my favorite because it's just i mean uh, ranveer singh is just unhinged in that and uh, there's beautiful chemistry between uh, alia bhat uh, and ranveer singh and it's just wonderful because it's just nonsense it's it's just pure nonsense there's really nothing going on but this long long flirtation and it's not even like you know one side is trying harder than the other to make something happen like the minute they see the each other there is attraction like they cannot like she cannot even believe what she's looking at because it is so weird but she loves it and he is of course 
equally taken by her right from the start and i i i love that it just cuts out all preamble they don't have to fight nothing has to happen nobody has to set them up there's no you know uh, you know i, I the uh, like you know oh, we are so different and all that they're like oh yeah let's just you know let let's get on with this it's great isaka yeah i don't know if i say something you always am biased Well, I feel like this is part of our being. <laughs> See, I'm a Ranveer Singh fan. Okay, I'll go out on a limb and say this. I was waiting for a for a film to basically redeem him, and I think uh, this is the film. You, you didn't want and to say this during circus. <laughs> no. So, so also circus. The thing is that it. Why I did not like the film was largely because how it made Ranveer Singh look boring, which you really have to work hard as a filmmaker to do because he is just so fun, you know. And I feel this. This is his forte. He simply soared, and I get it. Okay, as a Bengali female, I get the attraction. I get mm. also why she was so taken by because. I mean, look at him, and he's just like you know, it's this. He's just so away from the self-seriousness which is in Rani's house, so different from the men she's seen. And uh, yeah, as Uday said that you know, there's something about Talia and Ranveer Singh together. I feel like when you see them on screen, you feel both of them really enjoy each other's company. Like there, mm. and also there is a law. Like the way Talia looks at Ranveer, he she just gives him the generosity. of attention like he can do the absolute nonsense and she will just you know look at him in such a loving way and he simply basks in it mm-hmm. which which just works so well in the first half and that is also like you know i could not stop laughing every yeah. time he said something and i watched it i watched the film second time in the theater oh there you may now like cancel <laughs> me <laughs> i mean even i yeah. if there was a ranveer supercut of this film I would totally watch that. Yeah, <laughs> same time watch. Otherwise, might be a little difficult for me coming off so many three-hour films or two and a half-hour films in the last week and re-watches. But yeah, uh, also just you know, she can't stop laughing and smiling. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. not just us, but you know, you get that infectious energy from her also because she's just so amused by this guy, and she clearly just has. like falls for him so quickly out there it's 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 quite lovely to see the two of them together uh, like especially in that initial stretch i thought it was like really charming yeah. i wonder how much of uh, how much of this is also down to the fact that karan jor sure is a director but he's been doing coffee with karan for years now and obviously he's seen this chemistry sort of unfurl on his couch as well there and mm-hmm. he he's probably interviewed enough stars over the years to know um maybe as a filmmaker also what to pull on what not to pull on because he's just letting them be themselves here as ishita said i think uh, uh, alia is pretty much laughing at him through the first half and he's loving it and that's pretty much an extension of their appearances on the show or in any event for that matter and that generosity that she speaks about i feel like it, it comes it's very much an extension of their off screen persona together i guess or their bond uh, the bond that they share because i feel like they have very similar energies as performers as artists uh, you know unlike uh, unlike say ranveer and ranbir who are absolutely different energy wise on screen i feel yeah. like uh, these two have more in common and i guess that's why uh, that entire dynamic works in the first half and it's so much fun because ranveer sings more or less playing a version of what sanjay mishra does when he plays comedic roles he just mumbles nonsense in between <laughs> his breaths like what he was doing in circus and all it is that ranveer is obviously a superstar version of that so he when he does it we we process it in a different way but sanjay mishra has been doing this for years and they they know exactly what to say how to use their charisma how to use their very loose uh, sense of humor uh, to sort of elicit reactions from the audience and i think karan johar sense of humor aligns with these guys more than maybe uh, the stars he's worked with in the last decade or so and i think we see the best of that in the first half can can i just give a quick shout out to the actor playing uh, uh, rocky's trainer friend <laughs> who i thought was hilarious abhinav sharma 
outside. Yeah, his face was uh, it was a very it was almost a mime like performance right his face was doing a lot of nonsense uh, especially in those initial portions when they met alia for the first time in her office and then when ranveer calls him on the phone uh, calls her on the phone uh, it very because these performances we've been seeing over the years this guy's best friend you know playing the fool all the time and all but yeah it's it's a nice little shout out you made there because it's so easy to miss him and hamming it up and you can imagine the brief karan jo has given him also saying there's no brief so just react to rakesh but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and it has been like this best friend has been a fixture through like jug jug manish paul was the best friend yeah uh, right. you know in the in the badrinath hole there is also a best friend but yeah you remember that scene when uh, just before the jhumka song i think when ranveer is like you are a bit south delhi and then you know vicky <laughs> basically makes the face Like this is South Delhi. It doesn't say anything, but he's so funny. Yeah, none of them are very Delhi, by the way. I I would. Yes. Uh, I I feel like whenever like Zoya or Karan or Aditya Chopra, someone those those kind of very Bombay filmmakers, I don't think you can take the Bombay out of them when they try and set their films in Delhi. Mm. Also, I don't think it really comes through. But you know, uh, it doesn't matter for this kind of film, which may as well have been set anywhere. It it really does not matter. Uh, I I didn't find the Punjabis to be very overtly Punjabi. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, <laughs> because. Uh, I I'm sure uh, Ishita must have winced through some of the bengaliness of the bengalis because they were like 140% bengali uh, and I thought the bengali the punjabis by comparison were a little less punjabi than you know as uh, at least compared to what they turn out in uh, in in uh, hindi films especially like uh, Amir Bashir uh, as uh, playing Rocky's father and uh, and jaya bachan as rocky's evil 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 grandmother uh, is uh, mm-hmm. kind of put on punjabis rather than particularly authentic uh, that was um, can we just uh, uh, talk about jaya bachan for a second and that casting because uh, did you have uh, expectations of how that would go and did you kind of see the character coming out like that because she's basically playing a lalita pawar out here it's uh, and who would have thought a jaya bachan to do that it it's uh, i guess it's casting against type uh, uh, by by johar um, but yeah what what did you think of that uh now you want to go ahead um so uh, what you said acha sorry rahul said no no go on go on please um no so that whole uh, punjabi thing i agree like i we, i'm sure we will discuss about this later but i feel like i i mean i see some reason to this i feel like in any other karan johar film the rocky family would have been the central characters in the film like a k3g and we wouldn't have you know raised mm. an eyebrow because these are his characters basically i mean these are the people he keeps making films on and uh, yeah jaya bachan i feel like uh, i mean it's easy to uh, see it and we seeing as unhinged i think jaya bachan is probably the most unhinged portrayal <laughs> hiding in plain sight <laughs> it is just true. glorious it's true because we keep seeing all the like how making faces at the paps in these videos on instagram and this was just 3 hours of her doing this like basically karan just saw it and said i'll write a character for you like this and this is what it is it's also like a very uh, based on two i i felt like it was based on two of uh, amitabh's character one was obviously in k3g where she says that line also that keh diya na bas keh diya also the yeah. mop in narayan shankar i felt the when the basically the matriarch who is a gatekeeper of patriarchy 
but i had a lot of fun watching her even the second time the way she makes her faces laughs at tota hides her face gets shocked when harmindra kisses shabana it's just it's it's very it's very fun to watch yes so she, she really was a cartoon character in in a live action film right <laughs> it just felt like that <laughs> I, and i really enjoyed that the second time as well i noticed that her performance is entirely in reaction shots uh, <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of the film keeps cutting to her during the serious moments of the film whether amir bashir is looking at her or ranveer is looking at her or she is looking at alia it's just her face and i i, I it is definitely obviously quite the you know the sort of uh, almost a counterpart to what amita bachchan his comeback roles into in this third innings of his which started with ketriji and mohpate it's very much the matriarchal version of that and a spoof on that like a lot of this film obviously you know being a karanjor film in 2023 it's it doesn't lose any opportunities to spoof their previous dharma films or previous yrf films for that matter because more they they more or less are the same thing and uh, and i feel like jaya bachchan's character was in a way saying in a way it felt weirdly progressive saying okay there is a matriarch who is actually based on one of the most um, uh, popular um, sort of you know older male characters in uh, mainstream hindi cinema of the 2000s but uh, at the same time she is you know carrying on what a, a lot of these men did to the women in the family so uh, you know in that sense i feel like the the reason we, we even find the punjabi is fairly generic as ishita said is because um because they are just any other people in any other karanjor film otherwise because i just felt like they were surrogate for what how north indian characters tend to be in hindi films for the longest time and this was of course created by the chopras and the johars so i just felt like the culture itself was incidental and the reason it stands out is because they were put against bengalis who were the absolute opposite of that and we've seen a fair amount of very um almost like those videos on instagram that come out where you know what bombay people think of delhi people or delhi people think of so and so people this is the same as what punjabis think of bengalis and bengalis of punjabis and i i guess that culture clash is very easy to milk uh, because we've seen it in the last decade starting with wiki donor and then you know piku and bunch of films uh, that do it so well also and uh, i think obviously pitched it uh, karanjor pitched it up to another level because he was obviously taking more of a pot shot at the punjabi portrays or the other north indian aspect of uh, hindi cinema that he has been uh, he has basically created the foundation of dharma on because that's what i guess the the entire his ranveer singh's family in this represents because if you notice it's more skewed against the punjabis than say the bengalis or it's more skewed against ranveer singh's character than alia bhat's character which i found very interesting because normally filmmakers try to go for balance here you could sense they were the writing was aiming for some balancing if you're wrong even we are wrong but one side was more wrong than the other uh, yeah, can i just yeah, button and say something yeah yeah go ahead i just feel like i know i did not write that and but i feel while talking about it i feel jaya bachchan's character can also be seen as the extension of her ketriji character living with that insufferable husband he has died and she has become like him that is yeah. my input yes definitely <laughs> yeah before we move on maybe we should just also uh, uh, like run through the dharmendra shabana azmi track uh and um, i don't know I, i i i maybe we have different differing views on that i thought that was like one of the weaker parts of the film for me it never mm. really came alive i felt a bit uncomfortable seeing dharmendra um <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to go i don't want to really explain why but it it just it was not No, I did wrote it as why it was worryingly good. Yes, okay. Why it say that. Yeah. 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 I, it, I, it's true. I mean, it, it really <laughs> is true. I am sure it's just because he, you know, he did a good job. He's coming in a Shyam <laughs> Raghavan film where I'm sure he'll be like alert and being like ages mileage or whatever, and uh, it'll be fine. So my and my fears will be unfounded. Uh, but uh, in in this i just uh, i found that whole thing a very on the nose nostalgic and um, 
God knows I hate it when Karan Johar gets nostalgic, which which was the first half of Aethile Mushkil with their stupid retro fetishizing, uh, which was handled better in here because they just they, they didn't even like allude to it. They're just like, here's an old Hindi film song. Here's another one. Here's another one. Now they're lip syncing to it. Now the younger guys are lip syncing to it. It doesn't matter. Narmendar <laughs> singing. Shabana singing. It does. So it's not even like, you know, oh, we're big old Hindi film fans. Out here is just like, you know, it's in the air. You just deal with it. We're just going to put it. But I don't like the obviousness of his, uh, his retro like uh, playlist thing, which he does. Uh, I I don't like that he picks songs all of which I know. I feel like uh, you know if uh, if there were a couple that I didn't know, that would probably be like a more discerning person. I think if like everyone knows all the songs, that means you've just gone for the most obvious ones, which is why I like it when you know Raghavan or Rasanbala or uh, or Vishal Bharadwaj and all do tributes where they pick up stuff that you know, uh, that's possibly new to a lot of viewers. And then people read up about it and they're like, okay, this is great. Out here, I just felt it was a bit of overkill and very obvious. So yeah, I it kind of sard my, uh, my viewing of that particular track, which is not too much of the film. It's, it's kind of just there uh, from time to time, they turn up the two oldsters. Hmm. I didn't I mind didn't... it actually. Yeah, go on, go on. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I also saw it like because so much of this film is also Karan Johar uh, standing up against his previous set. I mean, not standing up, but probably just seeing the blind spots of, of everything he believed in before or, you know, the tradition, modernity, obviously uh, the clash we will talk about. So I feel that there was a playfulness uh, with which he used the older songs, which for me, sh- sh- I mean, just basically sh- uh, showed that he's less reverential or more fearful of it which I felt a little bit in Eden, because as you said, like it was more elaborately done, but here it was just there, because I feel this also is like a manifestation of uh, Karan Johar coming to terms with how he views tradition, how he views the past, which I feel he's more comfortable with in this film. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of yeah. agree with, uh, you know, Karan Johar's sort of fetishization of nostalgia problem. But again, you know, like, obviously... There's, there are different kinds of nostalgia we've been, or tributes or homage have we sort of palettes we've been seeing in modern Hindi films. And uh, of course, there's an, I feel like there's a particular kind of, of uh, vibe going on with the Shiram Raghavan and the Vishal Badwajas. And Karan Jaws is obviously the dumbed down version of that. And it, it, it very weirdly goes with his sense of, um, with maybe his love for uh, old or mainstream Hindi cinema as compared to the other filmmakers we are talking about, I feel like it's a bit more simplistic and a little more broad, uh, broad strokes uh, nostalgia. And uh, and I guess here, the reason it worked for me a little more than, again, Edelo Mushkil is because um, I felt like the track in general of Dharmendra and Shabana Azmi um, strangely worked for me because his first two films, Kuch Kuch Hota and K3G, were also... Probably, arguably, his most successful films, and also they were the ones uh, that had similar themes, where one character, where basically younger characters were trying to reunite older characters. It happened in uh, with the annoying daughter in Kuch Kuch Hota, trying to reunite lost best friends and turn them into lovers, which was very weird. And uh, K3G, <laughs> uh, it had Ritik Roshan doing the same to reunite a strange father and son. So I, I guess that theme carrying it on. The only difference is now we see this. Uh, we see the side of the people who are trying to reunite the older people and those people are going into the background this time. So in that sense, in a very loose sense, it's sort of some kind of narrative evolution because I was like, obviously, uh, you know, obviously you're not going to make a whole film on Dharmendra and Chabana Azmi, but you want people to imagine it and you want people and the easiest way to do that is use the most obvious songs from their era when they used to act in Hindi cinema. So I guess eventually that worked for me because even the cop-outs like and you know spoilers for those who haven't seen it please watch it and then listen to this podcast because even the latter portions when you know things get really heavy-handed and you use a cop-out like a character dying um, which happens quite a lot in Karan Johar films um, and which softens families and which which makes people forgive themselves and which magically transforms characters 
I guess it it was a little more convincing here because you saw Dharmendra in that, as Uday put it, very worryingly, uh, uh, you know, very worryingly sort of um, convincing as someone with dementia and someone on a wheelchair. And uh, I, I guess that I felt like that hamming that Dharmendra was known for for so long, Karanjor used quite well here, um, as opposed to the way a lot of new age filmmakers were struggling to use Rajesh Khanna in his latter years. And I know this because I watched mm. a lot of, I watched uh, Aab Lord Chale and uh, uh, and uh, even that Govinda film basically with Rajesh Khanna a bunch of times, the David Dhawan film. And, and you could sense that they were trying to capture these old superstar basically doing their hammy things, but it was still coming across as very, very cringy. And Dharvinder's cringe worked here because his character is essentially dying. Wow. Brutal. Yeah. Oh man, the weekend at Bernie Dharmendar. Anyways, um, no, no, he was he was fine. It's good to see Dharmendar. Um, yeah, very effective. Yeah. Um, why don't you uh, introduce us to the Bengali family, Ishita? Not typical at Give give us a little uh, sketch. Of, of the I think it was absolutely fine. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I, so I, Ram, saw it, uh, I saw it with another colleague of ours, Tatsam, and uh, like five minutes into Rani's family being introduced, he's like groaning. He's like, I can't take this. <laughs> like there are two hours left. You can't make your peace with their accents. Just like... Yeah, but they're also like based out of Delhi. What do you expect? And this Bengali uh, snobberiness, I really can't take. Like, you have to speak like us. I love that there was a portrait of Rabindranath Tagore where he was looking down in disappointment all through. (laughs) It was the first downcast portrait of Tagore I've seen. His eyes were already down. But anyway, so uh, coming back to the plot. So Rani, uh, Rani Chatterjee is a political apparently political journalist. We see her at work only once. And uh, she wears these gorgeous, stunning Manish Malhotra sarees all the time. Like she is like Durga Puja. And then her mother is a English literature professor in DU, which is played by Chunni Ganguly, who if people are familiar with uh, Bengali films, they would know. She's like, a, she's very popular. She's also a filmmaker. Uh, her father is played by Totaroy Choudhury. His uh, character's name is uh, Chondon Chatterjee, if I'm not wrong. He is a Kathak dancer. Uh, the backstory of uh, him is that he left Calcutta and came with his wife to Delhi because she got a better job than him. And he's very supportive. Uh, and he teaches kids in the backyard of their house. They also have a backyard. And they have, and uh, she has a grandmother, Thakuma, as she calls it, uh, Jamini, who is uh, Dharmendra's ex-flame in the film. Uh, she That is portrayed by Shabana Asmi. So obviously, because it's a Karanjor film, we have to take it with a pinch of salt. Everything is amped up a lot. Like when um, Ranveer basically uses a Hindi kasuhad, uh, Rani's mother basically shudders saying, you know, oh, the misogyny. I mean, we don't do this. Obviously, Bengalis don't do this. But because it's a Karanjor film, I feel it's fine. It's a little amped up because you know it's always broad. I mean, his films are nothing if not broad. So yeah, this was the Bengali side of the family. It's interesting how when uh, uh, Rocky going to, and this was, I think it was slightly inevitable to, you know, that that it would happen, at least for me, where... You know, as long as Rocky and Rani are together in the scenes and Ranveer and Ali are together in the scenes, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. How would the film hold up when you separate them and Hmm. you send Ranveer to the more fun household, arguably? (laughs) You send Alia to a slightly painfully repressed household and Alia her i mean because it's her character isn't bringing the fun uh, and uh, ranveer is 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 just having the same amount of fun that uh, he all he has <laughs> and the bengali yeah. family is kind of funny on its own because they're all like just crazy snobs uh, but the punjabi family is really repressed and then you send the the you know the intellectual 
uh, cutting Bengali into that uh, milieu. And it's uh, those scenes then I think become uh, or for me became a bit of a trial going forward simply because I think all the fun shifted to one side of the film and all the mm. all the moral lessons went mm. kind of to the other side of the film. Now, obviously, there are a lot of overlaps, but I think that kind of in the second half, a bit of a, uh, a separation happened there. Mm. That's true. I agree with that. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a deal breaker for me, but it was very obvious, right? Like, I, it was very obvious that obviously the more intellectual sort of uh, character has a lot to teach, basically, which is Alia Bhatt's character going to the household that needs to be taught a lot, which is obviously the Jaya Bachchan household. That was always going to be more preachy. And I guess that's where a lot of it pays off eventually, uh, if you're patient enough, I guess, because a lot of the emotional punchlines come towards the end in that household, where Ranveer Singh wakes up in that household and does his usually uh, stellar job as a son with a dominating, domineering father who finally wakes up to, as he did in Gully Boy, as he did in Dil Dadakne Do. Uh, and he's very good in these moments. Yeah. And I guess the film was building up to th- those moments in the repressed household and with, you know, with the sister <laughs> and with the mother. And and it was, and obviously whenever the post-interval portion started and as soon as we sensed that Ranveer Singh's character would appear in the Bengali household going through yet another very funny but unfunny experience there, like whether going bra shopping or whether he's uh, basically being let, lecture, whether he sees the father doing Kathak and, and saying, saying the most inane things basically. And saying that <laughs> Madhuri Madhuri Chari, Chari. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Great. It's just great. And it it says it was it was bound to happen. Like it was it was just uh, I think the film also made peace with that after a while. Saying obviously he's going to be because he's the more juvenile and the childish character. And in the end, even he only goes on a rant about cancel culture and humbles himself. It's not like the father says a lot. Totally, uh, mm. he said it's okay. You don't need to be sorry. We are used to this. And then Ranveer Singh goes on his own rant about emotion and makes it funny as well. So. I guess the burden was always on one side and uh, I feel like in the last 10 or 15 minutes when the tear works start uh, and when a lot of the preaching finds its culmination, uh, I feel like that Punjabi household where all the lessons were learnt and even though Alia wasn't a massive presence uh, or more of a sort of mouthpiece there, I felt like uh, it all maybe, you know, paid off towards the end. What did you think of uh, the women in the uh, in the Randhava household, the, um, the sister and the mother? No, but as I said, like, you know, if you see in any other, like Karan Johar hasn't directed a film, film-oriented film after K3G, if I'm not wrong. And uh, like in the sense, the whole family structure of it. And if you look at it that way, the, the mother and the sister would have easily fit into that house and it wouldn't have been a problem. So there is just, they are very much uh, the people Karanjo had previously depicted as, uh, you know, characters his stories were about. But here, because obviously he is revisiting his his uh, films, his legacy, whatever you want to call it. So they they're little they're like a little tinged with a bit of extreme, but they are no different for me at least when I was watching it. I felt they were no different from the character Jaya Bachchan had uh, in K3G, where she basically had no voice. So it's it's there's nothing different from the uh, the actor who played uh, Ami Bashi's uh, wife. So it's it's more or less the same because uh, I mean. Uh, um, his film now is has become a, or was become was a mean for Karan Johar to you know stand up against himself. I feel so yeah. Hmm. I it think it's a nice segue to sorry say. No 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 segue segue we love segues. <laughs> I feel it's a nice segue for the 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 thing which we are all talking about of Rocky Rani being the most subversive Kejo film. So Uday, do you feel it is? I wouldn't go that far, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm uh, again. I'm not. It's I. I don't spend much time watching the old Karan Johar stuff, like unless I have to do it for work for some reason. So it's like my familiarity with them is also kind of diluted over the years. So the the connections that you guys are making are uh, are are really helping my uh, 
you know my understanding of this film because it's been a while since i've seen those and i i really don't care for them so uh, <laughs> but uh, one thing that strikes me is that it it certainly seems to have helped that the writers uh, that karan is not writing it himself now he i mm. think uh, wrote uh, adil with someone mm. else doing the dialogues but mm. out here i don't think he has a writing credit at all ஸ்டோரி பட் I think there is less pressure to try and seem like you're making a film of this generation it just it it's it's a little more natural i felt that it was mm. a bit forced, you know at, at that time when uh, adi chopra and karan and all that who were clearly directors of a previous generation were all trying to make young films and make their characters seem like really hip and like uh, uh, rebellious it, that was a slightly painful uh, uh period i i for me at least because it's, it it was just like they were so clearly out of touch and uh, i i think out here it really it does help that he's kind of handed over the story and the the writing to someone else and it kind of uh, i i think they do a, a nice job uh, well uh, within the confines of all the very very like stagey uh high drama that uh, that happens in this film um i i i see the, i i'm still like quite amused at like the face offs between alia and and jaya because uh, mm-hmm. you'd think like you know he uh, johar might try to be cool and sort of not do it in the in the old style but he like he goes at that like like mm. full full throttle those are like very it, it's almost ekta kapoor level forget even karanjor level mm. of uh, uh, you know sas bahu uh, uh, confrontations mm. true i think uh, you know like i think that's what i like the most about this film the fact that he's not written it as such and uh, and that he's basically passed the baton on to a younger generation of say writers or employees or whatever it is and it's not like as you said you know it was painful to see like something like befik rivadito chopra trying to appropriate a generation he has no idea about for and then try to cover it with the candy floss that both these production houses are known as and then saying don't take bollywood so seriously we were never trying to be authentic about young, youngsters a lot of older gen, uh, generation filmmakers tend to do that um, and i think even yash chopra towards the end of his career did that quite a bit yeah. and i think uh, what karan johar has done here is sort of shown a willingness to move ahead rather than be stuck with his own memories of how his career unfolded and how his success looked like and the fact that he can still do it and uh, the the fact that he is directing from a script he hasn't written is is not just down to the fact that oh it's a younger i've just uh, basically uh, willing to update myself and i'm going to make something that i'm going to make something through the lens of how they look at the world through which is it's not as simple as that i feel like what's happened is the writers or uh, the people that are writing this film are basically also karan johar fans you can sense it and uh, they know his filmography a to z you can sense that they are very familiar with what karan johar stands for what his style of filmmaking stands for and within those constraints they are willing to basically and karan johar might have maybe asked them to say that uh, you know let's sort of uh, let, let us have an upgraded version of what we do itself and i, I think that reverence is still visible in the way they've written this film because it's still within the constraint of tradition how far can you go within defying your family how far can you go will you raise your hand or will you stop there somewhere there so i feel like uh there are still those constraints and the writers um it shows that you can be fans of the filmmakers you're working for but you can also uh, uh update that template and make it a little more progressive i wasn't i wouldn't say it's the most subversive film ever made 
it's only because by virtue of karan johar once making regressive films without really realizing it uh, it's about as subversive as barbie was basically um, and um, and i i think i like the fact that you see a slightly older filmmaker who was known to make cool films uh, embrace that willingness to you know change a little yeah i've i've uh sorry ishita were you saying something ha so i i mean i kind of i don't differ but i feel like i liked uh, i feel like i like rani rocky rani too more than both of you because i think i also felt it a little more personal in the sense that you know if if you put it in the, in, in his filmography and i'm sorry you that for doing this but i i really feel that uh, karan johar i mean if the handful of films is a seventh feature like there has always been an, an inclination of him trying to be modern within the restriction of tradition i feel like you know it, like if in kuch hota he basically had a a man looking uh, i mean getting married again you know and and the, his daughter is basically arranging for it so he, there there are instances like that but i also feel or probably in in kabhi alvidana kana which where the basic central plot is extramarital affair but i feel like his his reverence towards tradition has always been so much that he kind of also make has used to make his films like like it used to bow down at the end like uh, and i that is what i really find so interesting like in you know, if, if i take kabhi alvidana kana for instance you know these are like basic it's basically about a two married couple who cheated on each other and you know that these two people will will come together at the end but it's almost like karan johar punishes himself for coming up with such a uh you know with such a radical thought that he keeps these two away for for months till they pine and they are sad and then they come together at the end but i feel with rocky rani because he has not written uh, there is um, his um, like his inclination for modernity and his desire to be modern comes together like uh, it is not the most subversive film i totally agree but i feel it's it's very personal because i you almost see it as a filmmaker wanting to uh, you know take the you know just wanting to keep up with time yes that is it i i like that where i my preference of uh, you know karan johar pushing the needles when he does it like in in small ways and in in mm. like fun ways like when ranveer tries on that bra it's mm. it's 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 done really quickly and it's funny but uh, it's you know it, it it feels different like if this scene had been there in the 90s it would have been handled in a different way uh, and we doesn't mock it he doesn't this thing he learns from the experience and he just goes on and yet it's a funny scene it's not trying to you know lecture you about anything it's not saying you know gender fluidity or anything it's just like you know it's just there and you take whatever meaning you from it and it's 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 a nice sight to see and ranveer just does these things so easily like he he doesn't uh, i don't think he has any airs about how something would make him look whether it makes him look less or more manly or less or more of a star or less or more cool uh, where which are hang ups which i think all his contemporaries have mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't uh, i don't think he cares about that which is why he is uh, unique and which is why he is such a likable actor on screen because he is not afraid to look silly he's just yeah. uh, it, it it he doesn't care about looking cool he just uh, you know he's 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 happy to submit to anything that is uh, entertaining out there which is uh, which is a nice feeling to get as an audience you know when you're the actors out there like just saying you know i'll do anything and you know even yeah. the small things like uh, you know dhamendra and shabana azmi sharing a kiss and uh, it, it's significant only because they are actors of that generation where it would not be possible you just wouldn't yeah. have that and mm. to see them you know even for like just a second sharing a very simple kiss that's mm. uh, to me that felt like the most poignant moment of their whole uh, drama mm. uh, simply because you know it that is a way of commenting on decades and decades of hindi cinema without actually having to say anything and mm. I, i i like those moments and um, i mean uh, i'm i'm sure like being with these younger writers 
might have stimulated Johar and you know I'm I'm sure he must have also come up with stuff like this but I'm sure you know uh, he, he being in their company would have stimulated him to kind of uh, you know think about these things and kind of put on these little things even you know the 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 classical dance thing which is like this sort of running theme through the thing because Chandon Chatterjee is a classical dancer but his father used to uh, sort of um, put him down for that and it's a bit of it's it's almost like a metaphor for a coming out story uh, and um, um, it's and it it sort of flowers into this very beautiful sequence Bhansali-esque sequence because it's a Bhansali song uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of the film uh, which is being uh, rightly praised but uh, that that whole that whole small storyline of classical dance kind of continues through the whole film is very nicely done hmm. did you uh, like i was i was wanted to ask you this when you say metaphor for coming out story did you feel like that character uh, was uh, the that the the chandan character was gay or are you saying in a broader context no i'm saying in a broader context that if you changed a few details uh that might have been a coming out right. story like a sad yeah. sort of like a un like an unhappy kind of coming out story or a, a coming out story that didn't really come to fruition uh until many mm. many years later but then had a happy mm. ending uh mm. i i feel the, not the character itself more like the details mm. of the story i think kind of lend themselves to that kind of narrative mm. and uh, i i also had um, i wanted to ask about and i think ishita and me were discussing this yesterday about uh, the very passing reference of the of uh, the husband of shabana azmi and which basically acts as sort of motivation for the way she is or the for the uh, for the you know sort of um, love story that she shared brief love story she shared with dharmendra all those years ago it revealed later that her husband was abusive uh her very bengali husband was abusive and not very different from tijori who is amir bashir's character and that's why she looked for love elsewhere and that's why um, and that's why you know chandan turned out the way he did uh, as a son uh, ishita had some very interesting points ishita you can maybe carry um, carry it forward yeah so uh, like first i do i don't um, like what uday said about the coming out thing i i it broader yeah but i felt it's it's more like basically a beta male kind of people who and you know like bengali men tend to be but also i really liked what karanjohar does with uh, gender in the film because he is famously known for uh, operating on cliches and caricatures and regressive depictions and uh, it helps that there is an actor like ranveer singh who is just you know like he is a thri- like a thriving site of um, you know chaos in a way he wears those clothes and the character is an extension of it but also i think tota's character for me was so interesting because uh, like the inclusion of the father being abusive was so interesting because uh, you know you just to assume that he is liberal because he is a bengali or because he has studied so much is would be such an easy convenient shorthand also not to say it's it's a very misleading shorthand because you know no matter which side of the spectrum you're born in if you you know you're born in this world you're born with a set of conditioning what i liked was that because his father was abusive it justified the way he was in the sense that he has seen the worst of patriarchy he ha- he has been a victim of patriarchy much like his mother and that is what makes him compassionate not his books not not his overt politics not his polishness but it is the very core of it that that he had an abusive father and he had a mother who probably told him that this was a problem and that is why he was different and and i think that was a nice way of humanizing a character rather than just putting him on a pedestal and saying because he has read these many books he is basically liberal so yeah that is what i really liked about it and to take that further ranveer didn't really have anyone in his family to be able to hmm rocky yeah. didn't have anyone in his family hmm. to be able to tell him that which is why yeah. then he only gets that empathy once he goes to hmm. uh, uh, 
to 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 the Chatterjee household, and it's yeah. spelled out to him in very very clear terms because it's he's not going to get it if it's like a you know subtle. Uh, but yeah. But Rahul, what mm. did you think of did like what did you think of the inclusion of the abusive father or Shabana's husband? No, as you know, as we discussed even yesterday, I I sort of I'm leaning more towards what you said right now because it makes sense when put in words. But I was initially a little uh, wary about the fact that you know they they revealed him as abusive because that basically took away her agency of wanting to have a fling with a man in 1978 and basically justified mm. her going astray. Uh, I looked at it mm. in terms of. just them like uh, them as a couple mm-hmm. not her as mother or uh, mm-hmm. or the entire broader context of the story so so yeah i mean the way you put it, it it makes complete sense in terms of the bengali family we're talking about in terms of our perception of the very binary uh, ways we tend to read characters uh, especially in current genre films and especially in films like this so so yeah i i mean i would agree with you now because it, earlier i thought it was lazy stereotyping i was like of course the father is abusive or her husband is abusive because yes because she did have an affair and women uh, uh, they'll never basically make it seem like a, a woman acted on her own accord and but uh, but yeah maybe in the long run if you take into consideration um uh, the chandan's character and how he turned out and the gender fluidity in general that karan johar puts on uh, th- through the to the sanjay leela bansali sequence towards the end i felt that uh, yeah maybe uh, the passing mention works in in the context you say it does right it's it's interesting that the film doesn't even try to redeem uh, the dhanlakshmi the jayabachan character they just like they is give her like a really half hearted thing i think post credits or just before the uh, the end credits or something where she's like writing a letter uh, to uh, to to rani but that's about it they are just like this is a terrible person we are not it it will take too much time to uh, to redeem her so she's just like we're just going to leave you with the terrible person at the end hmm. <laughs> i i didn't mind that i mean no, even that's great. Like, i i think yeah. that's refreshing actually yeah um, yeah a because like you know it would i think needlessly take up more time yeah. to kind of get her back to this and i don't think it would play uh, i don't think they could do it quickly enough like they'd have to dilute uh, a lot of the previous film to get her back to anything i think it's just fine like they, they just make some half hearted attempt and let her be uh, this awful person did you uh, both think of anything about like the film being politically expressive in any way because there have been some think pieces as usual about uh, this being a political film so i was just wondering what you both thought about that <laughs> wow um, <laughs> no i uh, yeah, i'm going to go and look at liberal versus conservative no my <laughs> what is uh, what is the rationale like what what part of it is political now you're just assuming i went in and read those pieces <laughs> <laughs> i looked at the headline saying you know it's a, it's a deceptively political film but i was just wondering so i i don't be, beyond the fact that it's basically like uh, maybe ranveer's family is uh, you know sort of right wing and the bengali family is left wing there's really nothing to it because in that by that extension every family uh, every cultural clash in every film is political right like you don't have to even mention who they voted for you don't have to mention the fact that uh, there's that one scene where alia basically to get amir bashi's character to the durga puja celebration she said you know but uh, you know how, how can you not come if if we are going to worship uh, uh you know uh, our goddess and then he 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 agrees to come anishita rightly said it's sanghi baiting basically in that scene uh, she's using their own religious beliefs or political beliefs against themselves but you know that's really superficial and it tends to exist in most of these comedies that are uh, cultural clashes i don't think it was overly political other than one side against the other and there was no really Uh, and obviously the right side comes out i mean when i say right side not actually the right side but uh, comes out on top but uh, yeah no i didn't read too much into the politics of it or anything if there is I mean, there's that moment where rocky's sister says intercaste i mean she says intercourse instead yeah. of intercaste which yeah. is intercaste 
बट ए आई डाउट इट विद दैट फैमिली एंड या इट्स जस्ट आई मीन इट्स अ लिटिल जोक सो नथिंग रियली टू रीड टू दैट मोमेंट टू मच नो आई आई डेंट सी टू मच पॉलिटिक्स इन एट इवन the news anchor moment is something everyone can get behind yeah. uh hmm. like the whole rant at the start which she does so uh, yeah i um, i mean in terms of the politics of of family and like very personal politics i guess you know there's always uh something going on in in uh, latter day dharma productions rahul you'd mentioned jug jug jio and i thought that was an interesting comparison uh, mm. in your review where yeah. uh, you know the in the anil kapoor character has to kind of uh, learn and uh, i liked mm. uh, I, i thought that was an interesting uh, mm. little kind of wrinkle out there um yeah so combining at the same time it's he's not really mm. punished uh, at the end yeah. same way as yeah. amir bashir who's quite a toxic character if you think about it but kind of retains his sympathy is the sympathies in a way that jaya bachan's character actually does not uh, yeah. at the, the end of the film yeah no absolutely it's a companion piece i look at that almost as a spiritual sort of sequel prequel whatever it is uh, because uh, because yeah i was very fascinated by how they used the anil kapoor character there uh, and how they exposed him without the viewers really knowing it because a lot of viewers were laughing at his character and he played it very well but he was actually very toxic in that film and they they just stopped short of absolutely not redeeming him in the end giving basically giving him the chance to say i will win you back no matter how terrible i win no matter what a womanizer how how patriarchal i was uh and they do that towards the end of that film and that's what i mean by karan johar you know pushing the envelope but within tradition and um, and you know not really going all the way uh there is a fear still of losing the audience too far maybe he might have a little in kabhi alvida na ke na he might have pushed it too far according to himself i think uh but um, but yeah i saw that as you mentioned with the amir bashi character i don't think alia did anything bad when she slapped his hand away but that became a conflict in this film where basically uh, ranveer singh's character is like how dare you touch my father how dare you haath kaise uthaya but she didn't really and i think that's that what she did was fair you made it into a conflict because you are unwilling to draw the lines as far as seniority or parents are concerned you are like this is the limit and we saw that in tal also uh, subhash gai doing it and lot of those films were regressive if you look at it now uh, maybe not for its times but uh, but yeah and that's that's pretty much what it reminded me of the anil kapoor character and the way they played with our perception of the character through the film that's why i like the fact that they didn't redeem the jaya bachan character here because um, you know obviously that would be self defeating because you're basically then reiterating the very seniority that you're willing you're basically trying to challenge in the film and i think karan johar is all about basically waking up to the fact that um that you know i used to make these kind of films but maybe they weren't all right uh, they weren't all, maybe i was young and brash and maybe i need to challenge that younger version of myself which is which is fair game if you want to put your personal politics into your films you can do it this way i just wish they had gone all the way but that's just me you know it's my upbringing it's it's a kind of person we are or it's 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 a particular kind of audience that would wish for more uh, but as far as they went i thought it was jug jug jio and this film for me were equally you know evocative right um, do you is there anything else uh, we would like to talk about like the music or things we might have missed about the film i mean uh, <laughs> maybe ishita would like to talk about the music no uh, no oh my god you are just <laughs> revealing so, uh you did say you liked a song um, i liked it i still stand by it i feel yeah. that uh, the point. songs are not too bad they grow on you they are not <laughs> as like bangers as edil but i feel if you keep listening to them they turn out to be pretty nice is all i'm yeah, going yeah. to say on this like y- yesterday after the second time we watched it ishita like this is a great soundtrack i'm going to go on the podcast <laughs> tomorrow and talk about the, how great the music was how this is probably the best karan johar soundtrack ever but here she is backtracking so i can't do much really 
It's worse than the student of the year two soundtrack. No, yeah. What are you saying? There, this is too harsh. I feel no. What are you saying? Oh, it's been suggested that I hear it again by various people, so I will hear it again. But uh, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I didn't care for it uh, uh, much, and. Um, it doesn't help that you're playing then all these old songs and uh, it sort of uh, that uh, that then you know the new ones are so bland i mean to my ear at least but uh, yeah i mean um, what do you do that's that's just hindi film music now raul did you uh, did, did you like uh, what jhumka uh i didn't even know what jumka was oh wait uh, for, for the longest time uh, and even when someone cracked a joke on a whatsapp group saying jumka is the greatest song i was like what jumka i didn't really know that that was the part of the song and they all sort of jumped on it saying don't uh, don't encourage this person but uh, but you know I, honestly like as ishita said it grew on me the second time if you maybe watch it in context of the film or enjoy it in context of the film it works within the film it doesn't hijack the film um I, and it, it it's it's fine for its moments of you know emotion towards the end or the chemistry they share between but it's not something i hear on the side like ishita does day and night oh my god <laughs> i'm right here <laughs> yeah. what are you doing uh, this has been an excellent episode of going <laughs> ishita under the bus it's just <laughs> <laughs> but also can i just say that i really because of the uh, rarity of it i really like when one composer does the whole album of a film like pritham has done for this like i feel it lends a sort of uh, musical narrative because i feel like now that no film albums they don't have any character because there are at, at the least there are four film four five uh, music composers working and they all have one 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 song So I feel like this has like it's it it's a Peter album which I okay I mean I really like fine yeah <laughs> you stopped at and you stopped trying to rationalize it it's fine I like that um, yeah uh, I, I guess uh, yeah I guess that's about it for uh, this film uh, for uh, Rocky or Rani ki prem kahani for those of you who haven't watched it um, do consider watching it maybe enjoying it with your family in the theater. um and do consider writing to us about that what you thought about our reviews this podcast uh, we enjoyed uh, talking about this film uh, we didn't imagine that we would spend more than an hour talking about a karan johar film middle of the year uh, and probably one of the better mainstream in the films of the year with a shahrukh khan film it feels like 1998 all over again uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah i guess that's the that's those are the times we are living in and we are we aren't complaining Uh, we'll be back soon obviously discussing a lot more releases in august uh, a bunch of uh, big streaming releases coming out we'll keep you updated and uh, uh, we'll be back soon and be discussing them uh, thank you for listening and thank you both of you for uh, loving karan jawar again